You're listening to the Brand Ambition Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Hey, 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 hello, is there anybody listening to this right now? Well, if there is, I'm glad you're back. Welcome to the Brandon Bishop Podcast. My name is Brandon Bishop. My entire house at the moment is full of smoke. No, it's not because it's burning down and I'm just trying to get this podcast out before, you know, everything turns to ash. It's it's not that at all. It's, it's that I... I, I like to cook with coconut oil, and that's not my product placement today, even though it should be. I, I cook a lot with coconut oil, and what I do is, well, here is a product placement. It's not the product placement. That's coming later, but here, here's what I do. I, I get this frozen chicken, okay? It's in a bag at Target. It's by Archer Farms. I don't know what sets it apart from the Tyson ones and the other brands and all that, but for some reason, when you bake this, in coconut oil, it just tastes absolutely freaking amazing. I put it in the oven frozen. Put the oven on 450, you know, let it heat up a little bit, and then put it in a little glass casserole dish, and I just pour coconut oil over the frozen uh, breasts of chicken. It's the skinless, boneless breast. I don't get the tenderloins. It's, you know, too many people touching my chicken. But I just put the, the coconut oil over that, and I put this, like, uh, what is it, maple and bourbon or something? Oh, no, brown sugar and bourbon stuff. My my mom's husband, Ron, is the one who uh, turned me on to this stuff because he puts it all over his steaks, and it's amazing. And it's by you know, whatever that brand is that has all the seasonings and stuff like that. So I, I pour that over. I put the coconut oil, and it actually turns solid again because, you know, the chicken's frozen. And then you I put on top of that, you put the brown sugar, bourbon seasoning on there, a little bit of black pepper, a little bit of garlic uh, garlic powder, and then I just stick it in the oven until it's cooked, which usually takes about 25 minutes, and I don't know what it is about that Archer Farms chicken, or if it's the, maybe, I've tried it with other chickens, I've tried it with the Tyson, I've tried it with the, you know, the Safeway brand or whatever it is, I've tried it with fresh stuff from, you know, Whole Foods, I've tried it any number of different kinds of chickens, but the chickens that they put in those bags, the chickens that they did just dissect and turn into different chicken breasts and, and, and then they stick them in a bag and they freeze them. That's some damn good chicken archer farms. So there's my extra pre-product placement uh, for the uh, Brandon Bishop podcast with me, Brandon Bishop, on, on this day. And I hope you appreciate it because if you're going to try it, and you will try it because you do everything that I suggest. I know you do. All the product placements, all the things that I say make me happy. I know immediately upon the finale of each episode you go out and do that stuff so anyway uh, that's not true because otherwise you've all would have bought my book by now <laughs> I, I get a lot more listeners on here than i have book sales lately so uh hmm yeah uh, and it's not my book it's my son's book i'm trying to put the kid through college okay he'll be in college in like what four years come on people buy his damn book we've got two more books on the way Billy Fred Whopper Goggles. It's available on Amazon right now. Just type, go to Amazon.com. Boom, there you are. Type in Billy Fred Whopper Goggles, just like it's spelled. It's going to come up. 
All you got to do is click on it. It's only like 14 bucks, whatever. If you got a kid from 7 to 15, buy the damn book. Even for you, buy the book just to support my kid. Help me put him through college. Help me give him a better life than I've got. Damn it. <laughs> okay, that's two product placements right there. Holy crap. What else can we do? Uh, we'll talk about a side TV. I'll, I'll do that at the. I'll do that when we uh, do the happy ending at the end of the episode. But for right now, let's get to the headlines. It's time for the headlines, baby. Let's get funky. Okay, this time we're going to go to the CNN headlines. Oh, Valerie Harper just died at 80. Wow, good long life. Good for her. She was a star of Rhoda. I remember Valerie Harper. We used to love Valerie Harper. I'm pretty sure we watched Rhoda when I was a kid. It was, you know, back then there was only three or four networks. So, you know, the shows that were on were the shows that were on. And I remember Rhoda being one of them. I remember, yeah, she, wow, what a, she was gorgeous too. She was absolutely gorgeous. Was she the one that, like, in the entrance of the show, or is that the Mary Tyler Moore show? I always got them confused. I think they did stuff together as well. That's really weird, but, yeah, Road is dead. Um, uh, more death. Some angel pitcher named Tyler Skaggs is dead from a drug overdose. Uh, let's see here. Mom's heart-skipping, heart-stopping moment as kindergartner exits bus. Okay, let's, let's do a listen along on this one. Doesn't have much of a description. It just says what it says. Cameras are obviously. Oh, there's a commercial, of course. Why wouldn't there be? I hope it's a feel-good moment because so far all I've got is Trump is leaking uh, classified data about uh, maybe bombing Iran or something, and then two deaths, and then here we go. Screaming and praying. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's oh! This does piss me off. This is not this cute little girl gets off of a bus. The lights are flashing on the bus. Kirk Taylor says the bus stopped, and so did the cars behind it. Her cell phone video shows the flashing lights and the stop sign out on the bus. But then. A car flies by as Melina headed towards her mom on the other side of the road. If she took one more step, it oh. could have been very different. Oh, the God, I'm pissed off now. I was going to have a... Unfortunately, was okay. Uh. She was like, I asked her, was she okay? Um, she was like, Mommy, why were you screaming? And I was like, oh, Mommy was just so scared for you, baby. That's all. And um, she was like, I'm okay. In her video, the mother did catch the car's license plate number. Oh, good. So she called Houston police hoping they would be cited at least for running the stop sign. And speeding through a school zone. The guy was flying. We asked Houston police why the driver do anything. not be cited, even though the cell phone video got a good shot of the license plate. They tell us what it didn't get is a shot of the actual driver oh, so they could identify the person it. behind the wheel. Okay, I'm done with this one. This one's going to make me mad as hell. All right, you stupid pieces of shit out there. Not all of you. Not all of you. Guess what? When you see those little lights flashing, I start with school zones to begin with. And I'm fired up now. Because this shit just pisses me off, you little entitled, selfish, disrespectful pieces of shit that get behind a wheel and think you own the fucking road, not to mention the planet that revolves around it. God, I hate this shit. This beautiful little girl. And her mom's having this precious moment. She just got done with her first day of school. She comes off the bus. Thankfully, the kid's not scarred for it. 
but the mom is, and everybody who just watched that video is. It's on CNN. Go check it out. It's stupid. You know when those little yellow lights are flashing, you know? And you should know, right around like 7.30 to like 8, those lights are going to be on. Right around from like 3 to like maybe 3.45 in the afternoon, those lights are going to be on in, in, around, in and around schools. There's kids walking. There's kids getting out of cars. There's kids getting off of buses. And for you to not obey that because you're so fucking important. Seriously. Seriously. I don't care who you are. I don't care all the wonderful things that you've done. I don't care if you've given to charity every single day. You've donated your time, your money. I don't care what you've done up until that point. If you hit and kill or even injure or even scare a child in a school zone because you think you're so goddamn important or because you're just not paying attention, none of that shit matters. You're a piece of shit from then on out. And you should rot in a fucking jail cell. That person came like a couple feet away from this beautiful, 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 happy, smiling little girl who just had her first day of school. Imagine if she would have taken three more steps or ran towards her mom and got just obliterated by this blue car. And then for the Houston police to not do a damn thing about it, even though they have it on video. You know, here's a big, giant, I'm not a flipper offer, but here's two big, giant middle fingers right in the face of the Houston Police Department that refuse to do anything about it. That is stupid. Now, when it comes to buses, they got this little thing. They've had it forever. It's called a stop sign built right under the bus. And then when they stop, that stop sign pops out and you fucking stop. There's flashing red lights. The yes, the the thing looks like a giant blog of Velveeta. You can't miss a stopped school bus with its lights flashing. You can't. And this guy was flying through this little area too. So I hope somebody finds him and beats his ass. I hope somebody goes, I know that guy, and literally goes to his house and beats his ass. Maybe next time you'll pay a little more attention I'm all about vigilante justice, man, because honestly, I've called the police on different. I had a guy in the 4th of July, uh, not this year, but last year, shooting fireworks, and they were like bottle rockets hitting my effing windows with them, and the cops wouldn't come out unless I filed a complaint, gave all my information to that person to know where I lived, the whole thing. The whole system is stupid at this point. You should call the cops. They should show the fuck up like they used to. Simple as that. I know that there's a million douchebags doing 10 million stupid douchebag things. But you handle it. I'm not a cop. I don't know what they go through. I respect the police. 95% of them are amazing, but that 5% just suck. Anyway, back to headline news. Oh, shit, I must have. In my ranting and raving, I got out of that page, so let me go back to it. Oh, yeah, there's death, death, bad news, more death, almost hit a little girl. Uh, oh, hurricane, so we got natural disasters now, 125 mile per hour winds. Uh, where's it heading? Let's see. I'm sure it's going to hit Florida or Puerto Rico, someplace down there and wreak havoc, or they'll make a huge big deal about it and scare the shit out of everybody, and then it'll be a rain, a little bit of a rain. Uh, Trump's fired assistant got lucky got a lucky break okay whatever isn't everybody a fired assistant at this point 
Like <laughs> the people he came into office with are not the same people that are there now. And they probably won't be the same people that he ends this uh, f- facade in a couple next year, year and a half, whatever it is. Hopefully, hopefully good. I, I'm not a Jesus guy, but uh, you know, it, there's that small chance that there is a Jesus. Um, please hear me, Jesus. You, you, you got to fix this shit. You're not doing a good job. Uh, God or whatever. I, I like I said, I'm not a religious guy, but maybe there's a, just a guy named Jesus that has a lot of stroke somewhere around here. Fix this problem. It's just ridiculous at this point. Uh, let's see. Oh, boy. Some teenagers real sick. TSA reverses ban on Star Wars Galaxy Edge thermal detonator Coke bottles. Okay, Coca-Cola, why are you making grenades out of your drinks? Don't, don't do that. It's already a bad enough war culture. We talked about that last week. Don't don't make grenades out of your pro. It's don't do that. I saw one thing in here I wanted to talk about, and I don't see it anymore. Like wow, the news changed that much. Um, <laughs> no gay gene can predict sexual orientation. Study says. Uh, okay, who gives a shit? Let people be what the fuck they want to be. Who cares why they're that? It doesn't matter if there's a gene out there that turns people gay or turns people stupid or turns people into geniuses. It doesn't matter if, you ha- if there's a gene out there that makes people, you know, fantasize about donkeys. It, it doesn't matter. It just let people do what they want to do. As long as he's not actually having sex with the donkey. Unless the donkey wants it. I mean, who am I to deny a donkey Sexual satisfaction. How much sex does a donkey actually get? Unless they're like a breeding donkey or something. So if there's a guy out there that wants to bang a donkey and the donkey doesn't kick him straight in the nuts across the room or the barn, I guess it would be, then who gives a damn what people do? Let people do what the hell they want to do. Um, Oh, drinking uh, full fat milk may prevent stroke. Well, that's interesting. But it's also, damn, man, it's also irritating. We did the fitness issue. You got half the, not even half, you got a third of the people saying, don't drink milk. It's, it's cow snot. It's not made for humans. It's terrible. It's full of uh, toxins and just chemicals. And it, it's not what you should be feeding your kids and all this. Then you got the other, like, you know, like bodybuilders and stuff. Like, I drink a gallon of milk a day. <laughs> And then you got other people that are just like, well, maybe it'll help cure stroke. And you got another person that says milk's killed more people than weed. And then you've got all of these voices. And that's the problem with the Internet is because we have to listen to all of them. And you've got all these documentaries and things like that that are just they're everywhere. There's no right answers. You know how to stay in shape? Eat right and exercise. That's what I've learned. I just lost 16 pounds and I'm working on losing another 30. So. That's what works for me. I eat chicken. Who knows what's in that chicken? It could have chemicals in it. It could maybe the chicken will give me cancer. Maybe who who knows what the fuck? Well, maybe the air I'm breathing will give me cancer. Maybe the water I drink will give me cancer. Maybe my air conditioner will give me cancer. Maybe my cat will give me cancer. Maybe jerking off too much will give me cancer. Who the fuck knows? Because everything that you think is healthy, you know, 15 other people are going to think is detrimental. And everything you think is detrimental, 30 other people are going to say is healthy. I, 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 coconut oil. I was just talking about it. 
I get like all this though. You can't have that much saturated fat. It's going to kill you. It's going to give you a stroke. It's going to give you a heart attack. It's going to raise your, your cholesterol levels. And yeah, then the other half of people are like, oh, it's the healthiest thing in the world for you. It's a healthy fat. Yeah, it's going to help you with digestion. It's going to help you lose weight. It's going to be good for your skin. Fuck! Just tell me what the fuck to do. Just tell me the right thing. I don't, ca- don't want to do something that makes a company rich. That's not the reason I'm trying to do these things. I'm trying to do it because I want to have a long life like Valerie Harper. I want to be 80 plus years old and spend that time with my son and see the amazing things that he's going to do in his life. I don't want to drop dead when I'm 65 or my best friend Dave dropped dead this summer and he's only two years older than me. You know, I don't, Jesus, man, what are we supposed to do? There's different studies and there's different, you know, reaction and results and there's different recommendations and advice from everybody. I love granola. There is a almond vanilla granola that I would literally pour all over my bed, roll around in naked and still eat it. It's that fucking good. I love it. And, and on the box, there's a, on the bag, there's a big heart. American Heart Foundation or whatever it's called, which is bullshit. The American Heart Association promotes processed foods on their website. Why the fuck would I trust what they say? They saying eating a Lunchable is okay? No, it's not. I feel like a bad parent for giving my son a Lunchable every day for school, like for two years when he was growing up. And I feel like a an, an angry parent when I see what they're feeding the damn kids in their school lunches. And the kids, that's where it starts. You know, the kids go there and they eat French fries. What did you eat today, kid? I'd, I'll be honest with you. I had French fries. That's all you fucking ate was French fries all day? Did you have breakfast? No. And he doesn't like eating breakfast, but I try to get something in his face. Here's an apple. Just eat a pear. Eat something. Here's a little, you know, I give him a little bit of bulletproof coffee, like two sips, maybe three sips. He likes it. It wakes him up just like anybody else does, but not enough to damage him. I've researched, trust me. But then again, who knows if that research was okay. So it's just, it's so frustrating. It's so damn frustrating when you're in a situation like me. I am, I got the cardio of a fucking Clydesdale. I can run up mountains and down mountains. I did it this morning. I do it every single day, but I look like a saggy bag of shit sometimes and I hate it. I'm in one of those times right now. I packed down a bunch of weight to film a documentary for a side TV about losing it. And I had so much trouble losing it that I still have it on me. And this is a year and a half ago. I've tried three different times to film this shit. I've got all this footage, man, all this footage of me sweating and throwing up and getting colostomies and all kinds of fucked up shit. And I'm still sitting here at 258 pounds. Why? When I should be 210. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the bad advice. You go to a nutritionalist and they're just like, well, you got to do this, 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 and this. Well, you know what? That worked for you. It doesn't mean it's going to work for me. It doesn't mean it's going to work for the next person. So I'm just doing this shit on my, my own at this point. I'm just tired of going to gyms and you know, getting the shit kicked out of me. Here's the thing. You know, I recently had an uh, instructor uh, gym instructor. I'd go to the gym uh, five times a week. Two days was a boxing gym. Two days was, uh, or three days was the, you know, actual gym with a personal trainer. And I didn't know that my <laughs> my blood pressure was so bad at that point that I almost passed out like every time I went. And I didn't know why. I'm like, dude, I was in the army for years. I was a pro wrestler for years. I never had any 
any kind of physical limitations or problem. I was never like a big muscle guy, but I never had any problems working out for an hour. Never. And then I get lightheaded and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to pass the fuck out. What is going on? And it sucked, man. It really fucking sucked. So, you know, I got some doctor stuff. I'm on freaking blood pressure medication. This is the first medication I've ever taken in my life. And, I, and it's on the list of medications that make you gain weight. So that's a struggle on top of everything. It's like I'm trying to lose weight. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm dying. I'm choking on my own words here. I'm trying to lose weight to get healthy. And the thing that's going to make my blood pressure go down to get healthy is making me gain weight. What the fuck? It's a catch-22. It's bullshit. I'm tired of this stuff. So I'm going to drop the blood pressure medication as soon as I get down to a certain weight and as soon as I feel like it. You know, it's all about feeling. Everybody's body is different. Everybody's mind is different. So when you're trying to lose weight, you have to find out what works for you. And what works for me is I, I like to go hiking every day. I go up and down. I'm done in an hour. I'm, I, I'm blown up as crazy. I, I walk up the mountain. And then I run around the top where there's a little dog trail up there. And then I run down the mountain, you know, when it's safe to run. And, and then I run to my car. I sprint to my car. And then I feel great afterwards. And then I eat, you know, freaking, you know, it's healthy. Vegetables and fruits and lean meats and not eating too much of it. And that's how I'm trying. But it's, uh, that's not the topics today. It's not, it just irritates me when I see something like, you know, full fat milk helps you prevent strokes. Oh, I just prevented the stroke too. Maybe belching will help prevent heart attacks and strokes and all that stuff. It's just hard to know what to believe anymore, isn't it? Product placement. Brandon likes this stuff. I love this music so much. <laughs> okay, today's product placement has a lot to do with diet. Actually, you eat the food, you digest it, you process or you process it and then you digest it into a usually into a porcelain bowl. And then after that, there's a step you have to take and this is actually kind of a basically um, something at the last minute that I saw. And I thought about it and went, no, I shouldn't do that. Then I went, no, maybe I will because it's kind of awesome. It's Everybody wipes their ass. Let's hope. Let's hope. Even homeless people figure out how to wipe their ass. They may use leaves. They may use, I, I've heard acorns are a thing, maybe uh, corn cobs, whatever they wipe their ass with. It, the, you got to get the, that done. And there's different levels of wiping your ass too. There's like wiping your ass, okay? Like, you know... I don't want to embarrass my kid here or anything if he ever listens, but you know, when he was six or seven or eight, there was not a day when there wasn't just a, a half of a fudge brownie in his underwear <laughs> at the end of the day. I, I know that's gross. And I'm sure you know, when I was a kid, I had the same thing going on. I'm sure you were as well, but you know, the streaks were real, man. It was uh, quite disgusting. Sometimes to the point where I just threw the shit away. Like, okay, I'm, uh, there's, that's not getting clean. Not to mention, I don't want that in my laundry with, you know, my laundry or anything else. So, but anyways, there's that level. And then there's, you know, the, the, the acceptable level where it's okay. I got it. I got it. It's good. And then there's my level, which, um, I get real personal on the Brandon Bishop podcast and, and that's what it's for. It's my outlet. 
It's a, it's a key into, you know, it's my life. If you care to view and hopefully maybe you'll relate with things. And, uh, this is really personal. I have the cleanest asshole in the world. I do. I I mean, maybe my apartment is a little dirty at times and, you know, the studio, I got a, you know, a glass here from like two weeks ago, still got a little bit of water in it, but you know, things like that. I'm not the cleanest person in the world who is, I don't want to be the cleanest person because that means I'm spending my life cleaning things and that's not how I want to live. But when it comes to my asshole, I take that extra two or three minutes. And, and first of all, let me tell you about flushing the toilet. I, my, my toilet here at the house is not that great. Um, so I, I, I flush the toilet after, you know, I get done doing, doing the do. <laughs> doing the do. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Uh, and then I wait till it comes again. And then I flush it again after I'm done wiping, you know. And then I'm, sometimes I'll flush it just for fun, uh, just to waste water because I'm an American and I know that that's my God-given right if I want to flush that toilet one extra time to have me a good time. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm picking on those people. But um, no, it, it's just, you know, take your time. You don't have to wait... So you don't have to fill it with, you know, you and then fill it with, you know, a, a mountain of toilet paper because I use a lot. Now, my product placement to this day, I'm getting off the track, is Charmin Ultra Strong Mega Roll. Eight Super Mega Rolls, which I have a thing of them right here, equals 48 regular rolls. And it's a Super Mega Roll, okay? So it's not just a Mega Roll. It's, it, it's Super on top of that. So like six regular like shit Dollar Tree toilet papers will equal one of these. And this roll is huge. I can't even put it on the little thingy, you know, the little uh, toilet paper roll holder on, on the wall. Like I can't, it won't fit on there, which I never use that anyway. Cause it's kind of far away from the toilet. My kid can't reach it. And if he has to reach for it and scoot in the toilet, then you're just shit everywhere. And, and he's a, he's a grown kid now. He doesn't do this anymore. The underwear thing is fine nowadays, but it's, um, Still potential for a mega disaster in there. And the mega roll just sits on the sink right next to the toilet. That way you can get as much as you want. You don't have to pull it off. It doesn't break before you're ready for it to break. And this is some thick stuff. I mean, this stuff is like, it's uh, ultra strong. It says it right on there. Super mega ultra strong. These are hot words. These are advertising uh, pinnacles right here that, that catch your eye. Mega and super and ultra and strong all on the package. Are you absolutely freaking kidding me? So, you know, if you're looking for a new, I don't know what you're wiping your ass with right now. This is the company with the bears, you know, the commercial with the bears. You know, does the bear shit in the woods? And it's, it's hilarious if you ask me. And it says longer lasting roll. L-O-O-O-O-O-N-G-E-R dash lost uh, lasting roll. And it gives you a phone number for your free roll extender. Oh, oh, I didn't even see this before. Okay, so if you want to call 1-800-777-1410 or visit Charmin.com, you get a free roll extender. It's a roll fit guarantee. Like I said, it doesn't fit on the, on the roll anymore, on the holder anymore. So I can, I'm going to do this. I've never looked at the pack. I've never read my toilet paper package before. This is amazing. Charmin is, a safe, uh, is safe for your sewer or septic system. Oh, that it's a bunch of Spanish words. Made in the U.S. America. That's right. I use Charmin because uh, I'm American 
And if you uh, uh, if you were to buy uh, forty eight of them uh, Dollar Tree rolls that we used to get, that'd be forty eight dollars. And um, this package right here, it cost me about uh, thirteen, I think. And uh, eight eight of these rolls, according to the package, says that uh. Uh, I, I'm saving money on that $48 at Dollar Tree. I can't fuck with Dollar Tree, actually. I, 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 I do these monthly events and, like, all the baskets and all the decorations and everything. They're charity events. So I don't have a huge overhead. So all the stuff comes from Dollar Tree, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I wipe my ass until that son of a bitch has nothing on the paper. Sometimes it takes three or four flushes. I'm not going to lie to you. And I use uh, the septic safe uh, wipes as well. So what I do is I get you know I get the the most of it off of there with the um, Charmin Mega Roll super strong Mega Rolls, and then I do a little bit of the uh, wet wipe. You know the septic. Make sure you get the septic safe ones that dissolve because if you don't, you're just causing a major backage. They say that you're not, but you are. You're causing a, just a major ugly blob of that kind of shit in your sewer system. And eventually it's going to uh, back up and they're going to send he- other humans in there to break that up. And if you can't think of anything more disgusting than that, uh, there is nothing more disgusting than that. So anyway, uh, so the, yeah, I, I, I make sure I get it nice and wet. You know, I kind of get in there and just, you know, I, I actually go about a knuckle deep to get it out. I don't know why I'm just, I don't want poop on me at all. I never want poop on me. I used to hate changing diapers. I mean, it's a bonding thing. I love my son. I'd do it to this day. But I don't like poop. Like when my cat gets a turd stuck to her tail after coming out of the cat box, it's the worst part of my day. And sometimes she'll sit on the couch and there'll be a spot there and she'll go sit on the bed and I have to clean everything. She's disgusting sometimes. I love her to death. 14 years I've had this cat, but she's a long-haired Siamese Himalayan and sometimes she gets a chunk of fur stuck to her ass. And at that point, I hate her. I just fucking, God, oh, just I hate poop. I don't like poop. Like when I'm hiking and I see a big pile of fresh dog poop on the side of the trail, which the douchebag owner didn't pick up, I hate it. I just hate poop. I don't like my own poop. I just want to get this process over with, and Charmin helps me do that. So after the wet wipes, I go back in with some more Charmin Super Ultra Mega Strong Roll. Uh, which, you know, eight regular of these rolls equal 48 normal rolls that you would buy at Dollar Tree. I'm doing this. Is, this is a really good product placement. Like they, maybe, like I said, these companies don't send me free stuff. They don't pay me by any means. It's just stuff I like. And I thought it'd be kind of funny to do it. But no, this actually turned into a, uh, a really good product placement. So yeah, anyways, uh, my asshole is amazingly clean. It's wonderful. Um, there's really no way to prove that. I'm not going to show anybody. I could be married to you, and I'm still not going to be like, hey, honey, look at my asshole. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, but anyways, we <laughs> this has been a great uh, product placement. This is one of my favorite ones. So, yeah, super mega, ultra strong Charmin uh, toilet paper. Uh, wipe your ass with it, people, and wipe it good. Give me the meat. Give me the meat. How can you have any pudding if you don't give me the meat? Okay, if you don't know what the meat is yet, it's the meat of the episode. 
It's the Brandon Bishop Podcast. My name is Brandon Bishop, and this is the meat of the episode. That's why we call it the meat. So I'm about to dig into my meat. I'm about to give you my meat. So you can put my meat in your ears. Let it so- let my meat soak in and just enjoy my meat for what it is, okay? This is the main topic of the episode, and today's episode... Uh, the meat will be about addiction. And no, it's not about the addictions that are commonly associated with the word addiction. It's not about so much alcohol and drugs and things like that. It's about other addictions. And, um, well, first of all, let's talk about the other ones. I used to do a show called The Heart of Addiction, uh, which there was a place in town, which I no longer work with because the owner of that place was... uh, you know, I like him as a person. I'm not going to say his name or even the business, but um, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where. And here's a here's the thing for the dungeon of douche. We're going to induct shitty business people as a whole, okay? As a whole, so I, I, that's going to be something I need to get into later. Uh, it kind of fits into that, just pr- empty promises and all that stuff. But that's not what I'm talking about here. Um, it was an addiction clinic. They had a bunch of people. We got to interview a lot of people, got to go to the homes. It was a really good program, I believe, from what I've heard from a lot of these people. Uh, then I heard other things from other people. But in my own way, I got to learn about you know drug and alcohol addiction. And it was uh, crazy, the stories. And a lot of people like me, like just as recent as a few years ago, would be like, just fucking stop doing drugs. But it's not that easy. It's not, it's not that easy at all. It's, you know, just stop fucking drinking, okay? It's duh. Put the bottle down. Dump it out. It's Because I've never done drugs like to that aspect. I've smoked wat, did pot, did a little bit of coke and stuff back in the day. But you're talking 20 years ago at this point, and I was never addicted. I never needed it. I never needed a drink. I never just went like, God, I just got to get a drink. I've never needed that. So I don't understand alcohol and drug addiction. I'm not the person to talk about it. But when I started to connect it and associate it with my own addictions, then it made sense. Like I was just talking about, you know, being healthy and stuff like that. I have an addiction to shitty food. And so does my mom. And it's, and I'm not saying that's where I got it from, but we probably discovered it together. We grew up in the 80s and actually the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Think about fitness back then. What did you have? The Thigh Master? You know, well, you had Jack LaLanne. You had, uh, you know, these new fad diets, the grapefruit diet, things like that. That's when they, those things, like in the 80s, they, they started popping up. But it wasn't a serious thing back then. We didn't have an obesity epidemic, which like we do now, and it is an epidemic. Heart failure and heart disease and all of these things are the, you know, diabetes and it's all the top killers. It's what kills us. You know, people could be like, oh, mass shootings and, you know, war and all this stuff. No, that's not killing us anywhere near what these other epidemics with obesity and being unhealthy and eating straight up salt and sugar is doing to our society. So, I mean, you know, all that stuff is glamorous. Um, but no, it's not. <laughs> Actually, our Hall of Respect today is going to be uh, uh, Neil Tyson DeGrasse. And I'm going to tell you why right now, because he said that uh, people are more prone to uh, believe the spectacle more than the actual facts, such as the spectacle of 
mass shootings. You know, we're glued to our screens. We're glued to the 24-7 mind-cleansing media watching these things. We're not glued, you know, to a YouTube documentary about heart failure, about why we shouldn't eat so much sodium and salt. We're not, we don't care about that stuff. That's just, uh, yeah, we get it. We understand and we feel bad. And, you know, my uncle Joe died from that. And, you know, my blood pressure is a little high. And I'm consumed with that shit now because I'm scared to death of dying any fucking minute. I mean that. It's not a joke. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm going to die. No, I could fucking drop dead. I'm 255 fucking pounds right now. 257 actually this morning. And I have high blood pressure. And I work my ass off constantly. And I deal with untold types of stress. You think your little nine to five is a lot of stress? I know a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, Brandon, he's just doing his little TV shit. And he's making money doing whatever he wants. And no, fuck you. I work 10 times as hard as you do. I guarantee it. So don't give me that bullshit. Brandon's just doing whatever the fuck. I don't sleep in till freaking 3 p.m. I don't freaking, you know... (laughs) get up and just go, I'm going to go get a coffee. Yeah, I have free time, but my free time is usually working. Anyways, different subject. When we grew up in Detroit, and I've talked about this before on previous episodes in the archives, it's, uh, you know, if, if it didn't come out of a can or a box or sometimes a bag, I didn't eat or drink it. I look now at some of the things, like all the, hor- the cans of Hormel things that I used to eat, you know, the tamales in a can, the uh, uh, roast beef hash, the spaghetti and meatballs, the stovetop stuffing, the ramen. And that is, you know, the, uh, how about those like little bags of rice and little bags of like scallop potatoes and stuff? Holy shit. Have you read the amount of sodium alone in those things? And we're not even talking about carbs and stuff. Okay, that's all dietary. I don't understand all that stuff. But I do understand through being scared to death, being hooked up in machines in a hospital. And I'm not, you know, that old guy. Like I said, I'm still hiking up and running down mountains and stuff. I feel good. I think I look pretty decent. But I've been in the hospital hooked up to machines. I've been stuffed with medications and stuff to bring my blood pressure down, saying you're lucky. I've been told I'm lucky that I didn't have a heart attack or a stroke or just drop effing dead. And when people say that to you, you become obsessed with finding out ways to never get into that situation again. I mean, a can, I used to love roast beef hash. It's by Hormel and it comes in just a normal size can. And I think it says something like there's 3.5 servings in that little can. Each serving has 860 milligrams of sodium. Your daily allowance should be around 1,200 to 1,500 milligrams of sodium. Okay. Maybe 2,000 if you're perfectly healthy or you have low blood pressure or something like that. I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me. But I'm saying is that's each serving. So which 890? I think that's what it was. Times 3.5. Hang on. Alexa, what's 890 times 3.5? 890 times 3.5 is 3,115. So that's two days, 3,115 milligrams of sodium. That's two days worth of your sodium in one meal. Now, did I stop there? Was that the only thing that I ate for those two days? Hell no. Not even close. 
And of course, the topic that we're talking about is addiction, and I'm talking about my addiction to food, just in case we lost that somewhere. No, that would be, that would be breakfast, and I would eat that with eggs, which had salt all over them. And maybe some toast, which also has sodium in it. It does. So that was breakfast. You're talking 4,000 milligrams of sodium for breakfast. When that's over two days worth. Then let's talk about lunch. I would get two cans, two cans of Chef Boyardee's, uh, either the ravioli or the spaghetti and meatballs. And keep in mind, I'm a kid at this point. A kid. I'm 13 years old, 14, 15, 16, all the way up until I was about 25. That's all I ate, man. I didn't know how to, at that point, I'm a great cook now. I'm chef worthy at this point. But back then, I didn't know how to do anything but open a can or a box. So let's talk about lunch. I get two cans of those, spaghetti and meatballs, each one of them probably just as bad, if not worse, as what I had for breakfast. So you're looking at 8,000 milligrams of sodium in a day. And that's only lunch. Let's talk about dinner. When I browned up some hamburger with a bunch of salt and pepper in it and made some hamburger fucking helper. But that wasn't it. No. <laughs> I had to have a half a box of stovetop stuffing with it or something. Maybe a can of corn. All of it cram packed with sodium and sugar and fats and trans fats and saturated fats, which I hear are healthy for you now. Not to mention thousands of calories. That was one day where I had a week's worth of all that shit. You want to know why I'm belching right now? Because I just had a wonderful Asian salad, which altogether had 350 calories in it, had um, less than uh, 200 milligrams of sodium, and also I had a little bit of uh, salmon in it that was left over which I had sodium in it too. So, But I added everything up today with the banana that I ate earlier and a little bit of chicken that I'm going to have in a minute. Exactly 1,000 calories. And actually, I'm sorry, 1,200 calories and 1,000 milligrams of sodium is all I've eaten today. And it is 7 o'clock at night, so I'll probably have a little bit more chicken, maybe eat an apple, and that's it. Now, if I would have done that as a kid, I'd be in amazing shape right now, first of all. I probably would have been in a much better place mentally back then. My performance in everything from school to sports to you know, women to everything would have been much better. My entire personality probably would have changed for the better. And that's what I keep trying to tell my kid who wants the mac and cheese and chicken and nuggets all the time. But thankfully, he's not a big eater like I was. So yeah, that's all that we did for all those years, for decades, man. Decades just killing ourselves with sodium and sugar. And I didn't eat a slice of cheesecake. I'd eat a fucking cheesecake. So it's, it's amazing to me that I'm alive. It's amazing to me that I'm not on a thousand medications and hooked up to machines all the time. It really blows me away. And I'm so glad that I'm in my 40s right now. But, you know, I wish I would have caught it in my 30s or even my 20s, but I didn't. So I can't look back. But I'm glad I'm in my 40s and I'm not in my 50s and 60s and 70s and dealing with it because that's when it gets harder. It's harder now. It's really hard right now. I'm trying to lose this weight. I'm trying to get back into shape before I start going out there. And I got big things that are getting ready to happen and I got to be in shape for it. Have to be. 
So anyways, that was one of my addictions, food. And I'm sure everybody relates. Um, I think about food more than I think about almost anything. And that's sad. I mean, I think about business more than anything. I think about family, of course, but right up there. And, and you can't get away from it because you drive down the street and there's all your friends looking at you, your buddy Arby's, your fucking buddy Big Mac over there. You got you, these new things at Popeye's, these sandwiches over there, and he's looking at you. You got you know KFC over there. You've got goddamn Carl's Jr. over there. You've got Taco Bell on every fucking corner looking at you, Starbucks with all those sugary bullshit looking at you. It's all seriously just staring at me. That's how I feel about it. And there's a point a couple of years ago when I was in amazing shape, I got down to 200 pounds and all of that stuff just made me want to throw up and I want to get back to that stage. Uh, but it's, it just tastes really good. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like right now, a Big Mac would be amazing, but I'm not going to do it, man, because spending those extra years with my kid and just being healthy and productive, I got an empire here, man. It's an empire that could take off at any second and I'm excited I want to be there and I want to be able to, to lead that ship. And when you're fat and just dying, you can't do it. So I'm going to drink some water real quick. Okay. My other addiction um, that I didn't even realize I had until a few years ago. I was actually, a lot of times you don't know what's wrong with you. You don't know how bad you feel until you feel good. Does that make sense? Somebody said that. I don't know who it was. Maybe I saw it on a documentary. Maybe somebody just said it. But I've kind of adapted that. You don't know how bad you felt until you feel good. This morning, I ran up and down that mountain, and I felt really good. All my aches and pains were gone. You know, that throbbing in my chest that I had a year ago hasn't been around for a long time. I felt really good, and I feel really good right now. Um, but the other addiction I used to have... I didn't even know I had until I kind of looked back and said, oh my goodness, that, that's what, that was a thing. So when I was a kid, I never really hit, hit it off with a girl. I told you how I lost my virginity, okay? <laughs> um, it was out in the woods with three girls and my neighbor, Brian, and it went on the entire summer. I guess I, they were two or three years older than me, but I was a cute kid. I, I don't know. I just... That happened, and then I didn't get laid again until like three years later. So, um, but it came to me so easily, like back then, and then it came to me like three years later. It was just everywhere. You, know, get, you get into a band, and it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, what your personality is. If you're in a band and you're playing music, women will find you. It's it's like, and and this is not, <laughs> and no, it goes for men too. Like I'm attracted as hell to female musicians. I always have been singers, guitar players. I've dated a ton of them and I was just in awe of all of them. I, I have to have that kind of mutual respect where I'm like, Oh, look at you. You're doing something. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, but it's, it's, it's akin to putting like a sugar cube on a f- kitchen floor in Detroit, Michigan. You're going to turn on the lights and there's going to be roaches all over it. I was that fucking sugar cube when I was a kid. Uh, I was in bands, I managed nightclubs, I did all kinds of stuff before I was even uh, old enough to drink. And the women were just crawling all over me. And it's it's not an exaggeration. You can ask <laughs> you can ask some of them. I'm still in contact with a lot of them. You can ask, you know, my friends back in the day. They didn't know how I did it. I didn't know how I did it. It was weird. But after a while, you become desensitized to it. 
I didn't care about having a girlfriend at the time. I didn't want a relationship. I liked having, you know, a different woman every freaking night sometimes, sometimes two or three at a time. And I grew absolutely addicted to that. It wasn't love. It wasn't passion. It was just straight up. I didn't get a lot of attention from women in high school and stuff like that. I had those instances I told you about, but you know, the ones I liked never looked back at me. I was, you know, the long haired kid that kind of kept to himself, believe it or not. Uh, I was a little shy back then. Um, but yeah, when that struck and you know, I was in my early twenties, it was insane. And I just literally, if, if there was a night where I didn't have a, a warm body in my bed, it was a weird night. And I know that's awful to say, like, you know, this, this is the 90s at that point. So it was, <laughs> I don't even know if it's acceptable back then, but it was seemingly acceptable back then. I treated women like shake and bake bags, and they treated me like that. They treated me like a disposable razor. Just use me and give me, and it was fine. I dug it, and I grew addicted to that. So I was addicted to women, and that shit lasted for a very long time. Because once I got out of Detroit's music scene, which was just sin and debauchery <laughs> on a sexual matter, um, which I don't believe in the word sin, but you know, whatever. It's just, uh, it was craziness. It was just all the time, everywhere. And I, like, I, I think at one point, like when I was a kid in my early, early 20s, I was trying to keep a tabs of it, you know, names, writing names down after you, after you conquered them, you write them in a book. And I lost track. It was just insane. It was too many. And I'm not bragging at all. I, I wish this didn't happen. I wouldn't be so desensitized. I'm still, I'm single now because I'm desensitized to, there's only been a handful. I'm talking maybe less than half a handful of women in my entire 45 years that have ever made me just go, oh my God, I'm in love. And feel it and mean it. There's only been a handful, like very, very few. So, uh, and I don't want to come off and I don't want someone to listen to this and be like, God, he's a man whore. Oh, I got to run away from him. It's not that I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not. I look back in disgust at, at, at a lot of it. I mean, some of it I'm kind of proud of because, you know, I'm a guy, but I look back and I'm just, oh, God, what did I do? And they were all. I'm not going to say they were all just amazing and beautiful because they were not. Like I said, it was weird when I didn't have somebody next to me and they couldn't all be, you know, supermodels. But, you know, that was my shallow ass back then. I, I put too much emphasis on looks and just I didn't care who these people were. Just get in the bed and do your thing. And that that's just that's not a way to live. You know, to this day, I'm trying to figure out how to love and how to, you know, feel that and and long for, you know, just being one-on-one, -on -one, me and you. Or maybe a polygamous thing would be kind of cool, like three or four. See, see this, is, this is my problem. <sighs> anyway, so yeah, I was addicted to women uh, just as much as food. Probably not at the same time. I was a little skinny rocker guy at that point. But um, when I got out of Detroit's music scene and joined the Army, I figured, okay, finally, I can just... <laughs> be normal. I got a normal job. I'm in the fucking army. This is great. Now I started looking around like, okay, well maybe. And, and then it started happening again. Like just women, 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 but for a completely different reason. It had nothing to do with, you know, bars or music at this time. Now it was because I was in a freaking army 
And it just started happening again. It just it blew my mind. I was like, okay, I tried to get away from this shit. And then I ended up back in a band, you know, <laughs> One-Eyed Buffalo, which I'm still recording. Even though I lost Dave, I'm still recording. It's still a band. And then that started over again. And then I married the stripper named Danielle, who uh, ended up being absolutely psychotic. But she was super hot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And I never cheated on her until we, you know, officially broke up and we were still officially married, but we split and she was in a different city and whatever. And then I started dating. I, oh, that's when it went nuts. It was just everywhere again. And it was, you know, I ran the Asylum Concert Club, women. I uh, had the band One Eyed Buffalo, women. I was uh, doing the wrestling thing, just started women. It was fucking everywhere again. It was just... You ever seen the movie The Birds? You know, the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds. But instead of birds, just imagine like vaginas just, just flopping, flapping around everywhere and just reaching out and grabbing. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'll take those two. It was, it, I was addicted again. It, <laughs> I don't know if I ever stopped because you're not getting laid in basic training and AIT too much, but I just, um, it happened all over. Then when I got out of the army, I moved down to Wichita Falls for a little bit. Oh my God, it got worse. And then, and I was so in Wichita Falls, I've said this before, was probably the downest time of my life. It was the most I've ever struggled. It was the most I've ever been just downright depressed. Um, I just hated life. I hated Texas. I hated Wichita Falls. I hated what I was doing. I hated myself. That's pretty much the most. You can't love anything if you hate yourself. I was poor, I was starving, and I was getting laid like crazy. It didn't make any sense to me. Again, it just, oh. Then finally, you know, I, I met mom. I don't want to get too personal, but I, I met my son's mom. And I'm like, get, I was just, I latched onto her, and I will give her all the credit in the world. She took this struggling loser of a guy <laughs> who's just lost everything at that point, but was still trying. And, you know, she had a new daughter who's my son's older sister and I still love her to death and I just fell in love with the kid and I, I really liked her and it was like she's moving to Colorado so I, I latched on I'm not, <laughs> it's the only way to say it I, I was like a barnacle man right to her hip just stuck there and wherever she goes I'm going and then we get out here and you know it, it didn't work I was miserable here I was 280 pounds and I wasn't wrestling and I wasn't in a band and I wasn't doing a damn thing. I was a security guard at a hospital and then a security guard at Dillard's. That was my fucking life. And then we had my son and then, you know, the kids were awesome and they're, they're still my life, but it's just, I was miserable as shit. And then for her to deal with that miserable fuck, I, I, I have apologized a thousand times. Um, I mean, I'm sure this will never get to her cause she doesn't give a shit about anything I do and that's fine. It's, that's her prerogative, whatever. But, um, yeah, she just, uh, she put up with that and, uh, give her all the credit in the world. But, but of course it ended. Ooh, maybe that's her texting me now. Nope. It's another girl. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, anyway, <laughs> this is, this is, this is what I'm saying. Okay. Just flying all over the place to this day, but I'm better at managing it now. Okay. Anyway, it didn't work out with uh, you know the son's mom and I. That's fine. Whatever these things happen, it's best for her. She's got an amazing life now. I've got an amazing life now. We're both on the same team for the kid. Perfect. 
but damn it. As soon as that ended, I'm talking the week that that ended. Everywhere. I started wrestling again. I got into a band here in Colorado Springs. <laughs> I really like making that noise now. But it was. It was just like that. I mean, the first night my band Ginger's Hotter played, there was some girl named Gabby in the front row who ripped my shirt off. I was pissed at her because she popped a couple of my buttons. But and then I had like another two hours of playing to do with my you know gut hanging out and shit. I was a little. But then I took her home that night, literally that night, the second show. I met a girl named Rachel who I ended up dating for like however long, way too long. Uh, she was a drunk, psychotic idiot. But um, <laughs> it's just, damn it. And then, you know, the wrestling thing starts taking off. And then the women come with that. And then the band was doing really good. And the women still came with that. And I got rid of Rachel finally. And then immediately. And it was just every goddamn week there was a different one. And I just, I was addicted again. I never was unaddicted. I just, it just kind of was like a roller coaster. It was kind of, I didn't want to cheat. I didn't cheat on anybody that I considered and I've only had a handful of like actual relationships. Like my son's mom, I never cheated on her. Like I, like even with Rachel when she lived with me for a few months, I never cheated on her. I didn't want to, but the addiction was still there. It's just the availability of it. It wasn't. So you know, as soon as they go away, there it is. I'm gonna do that all freaking night at this point. Uh, and I don't. Here's the thing. I could be on a just. I'm single right now. I have nothing stopping me from going out every single night, bringing a warm body home to my house. I have nothing stopping me. I just don't. I don't feel it anymore. The food addiction is still there. <laughs> the food addiction is crazy there. Like I want to cook every single night. I want to be Gordon freaking Ramsay every single night in my kitchen, just cooking for me and whatever I decide to share with my cat and my kid when he's here half time. But damn it, I was just straight up addicted to women. And uh, I can admit that now, um, not shamefully, but somewhat in disgust. Just, you know, the way I treated some of them wasn't cool. Um, the way I let some of them treat me wasn't cool. Like my last uh, actual, well, I had a relationship in like 2010 to 2012 that was it became pretty toxic and it's just, you know, I didn't cheat on her either, but you know, I could have easily, the availability was certainly there. Um, but as soon as that one went away, I went right back to it and started just chewing my way through the Colorado Springs, uh, dating scene. And then I met a girl a couple years ago uh, named Aeon who was awesome. And I, that was one of the few that I thought, yeah, I'm absolutely in love with her. Uh, but you know, it was one of those things where I think I really wanted to be, and then she ended up just red flag after red flag after red flag. And that was, you know, I, I wish her the best. I'm not going to say anything bad about her. I don't have any reason to, but it just, uh, you know, it didn't work out. Whatever. These things happen. I'm 45 years old. What am I going to cry about it? I was upset for a week and then I'm done. Um, but there's, you know, <laughs> there's addictions, man. It's a, it's an addiction and it's, they keep popping up their, their heads at times and, and I'll see somebody uh, like, you know, it's, I'm not going to name names. Um, <laughs> it's just, there's a few of them out there right now that if any of them wanted to, you know, pull that trigger, I'd probably be in a relationship. It's just, you know, one's out of town and uh, the, the other ones are always married or some shit or in some relationship. It's, 
but it's not really an addiction anymore. I don't long for it. I don't think about it constantly. I, like it's a rare instance if there is a warm body in my bed these days, and um, they're not usually there in the morning because it's like okay, we we're good, right? <laughs> like, and, and I want someone to change that. I do. I'm at that point in my life where it's like I want a teammate. I want the one that's out of state to come here and be a thing with me. I want to, uh, you know, I like my alone time and I need to find someone that respects that as I would respect theirs. I don't know, man. I don't know if I I might just, you know, my grandma died alone. Uh, my mom's married to a wonderful man, but she doesn't, you know, she's a loner too. And, uh, maybe that's just my destiny and I'm okay with it. But if somebody comes around and changes all of that stuff, then uh, yeah, I recently saw one that I uh, recently dated. I had a lot of feelings for her, absolutely, and she knows it. And she felt, I she says she felt the same way. But she's with somebody else, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I I, I don't have any ill will. I'm not one of those irresponsible little jerk offs that's going to be like, hey, fucker, I'm better than anybody. You want to fight me? No, I'm not that guy. I never was that guy. I hate those people. Um, <laughs> I think I'm a professional side bitch. That's what it is. And this is not like this whole year I've been pretty much single and it's been fine and I'm cool with it. But I think I'm a professional side bitch. Everyone has their main thing and then they just want a little piece of brand. And I'm, I'm mashed potatoes. I'm broccoli with cheese is what I am. I am... Um, French fries with rosemary and, and a little bit of Parmesan cheese. Is that what they have at Smashburger? It's, oh, here I go with the food addiction again. Fuck. Uh, anyways, I think you're getting the point of the meat. Uh, if you are identifying with what I'm saying or you just completely think I'm a total disgusting man whore, that's fine. Go to the Brandon Bishop Podcast Facebook page, rip into me or talk to me about this because I could probably help you. If you're having these problems, which I think I'm over them. I don't, I, I'm not really, like I said, I'm still obsessed with food, mainly from a creative aspect at this point, because I eat pretty pristinely and like the weight's dropping off. It's hard to do things when you're on the road. It's hard to lose weight that you packed down on purpose for a stupid documentary that you never ended up finishing. But it's just a matter of, um, just eat right and exercise a little bit every day. Take an hour a day and exercise, and you know if you're eating right or not. As far as uh, addicted to women, and here's the thing. I, I, I think I'm not addicted to sex. I'm not. And that usually comes with the women. Get it? Comes with the women. But the, uh, I'm not addicted to having sex with them. I'm, I'm addicted to the attention that they give me. I'm addicted to, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, just the contact, the making out, the holding hands. The, I love that kind of stuff. I do. I really do. I think sex almost ruins it at time, even though I'm amazing. But <laughs> anyway, I think, uh, I think I've depleted my meat um, for this episode. I, I'm running out of things to say. I, apparently, I'm a, just an insatiably fat scumbag, and I, I hate myself again all over. Not true. I love myself. And uh, apparently, over the years, a lot of you have loved me as well. Welcome to the Dungeon of Douches. These people are assholes. Dungeon of Douches, not me, even though I just made myself seem like a douchebag. Um, <laughs> I said it earlier, today's douchebag, uh, how could I title it? I'm going to put up quotes and say, 
shitty business people, quote, end quote. Yeah, shitty business people. All of you. I am in a business that requires a lot of communication, a lot of communication. I'm talking sometimes daily communication. I am the producer for almost 40 different television shows, all with different hosts, all with different locations, all that rely on communication. I have three different television networks between a Psy TV, a Psy Paranormal, and a Colorado Springs channel. Now, this is how I make a living. Do you understand that, business people? This is how I make a living. I'm not going to come out and film free shit for you, okay? Unless you give me something free in a barter agreement, that's fine. I'll do, that's, that's perfectly fine. I like that kind of stuff. But if you say you're going to do something shitty, business people, you better do it. There's only, and I'll publicly say this, there's a guy in town named James Proby who <laughs> we're supposed to film a show called The Men's Exchange on two separate occasions, and I missed both of them because things came up, and I honestly, completely my fault. Now, I've worked with over a 1,000 people on, on video projects and film projects and TV shows and, and promotional films and all these different things. I've worked with over a 1,000 people in the last five years alone. My success rate and my, uh, I guess, my rating is like 98% happiness. I get no, and of course, not everyone's going to be entirely happy. There's been a few people like the one crazy lady that wanted me to do some documentary about orbs or something who ended up trying to sexually harass me while I was editing and just being extremely inappropriate and shitty. So there's her. She probably doesn't like me very much. I told her to fuck off. And then there's other people that have had just, you know, things that happened. And I get that. And James Proby, for some reason, I stood him up twice, and it makes no sense. So I publicly apologize to you. It makes no sense. And the fact that he's giving me a third opportunity means a lot, because I love the guy, love what he does. He's a pillar here in Colorado Springs community. So uh, if you need a suit, go to the Men's Exchange. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, maybe I'll make him my product placement next time. But yeah, I love that guy, and I've done him wrong twice. But that never, ever, ever happens outside of those rare like planets-aligned in the wrong way instances. I hate it. I hate that it's happened, but shitty business people. I am not one of those because if you say that you're going to do a project with me, if we're going to do a TV show together, guess what? You say you're in, I say I'm in. Let's get started. Let's, I don't care about what you have going on. If I call you, you answer the fucking phone. Cause if you call me, I'm going to answer. Absolutely. It's not because I have all this free time either. It's because I care enough to answer. It's because I respect you enough and your time and your business and the project in itself enough to answer that goddamn phone or return that email or message or whatever it is. Except for James Proby. <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry, James. I am. Um... Anyway, I'm not going to drop names. I'm not going to. Oops, I'm going to drop my phone, though. I'm not going to drop names. I'm not going to, you know, put anybody on a blast. But don't make promises that you don't intend to fully, fully keep. That's just it. Do what the hell you... That's, that's business 101. Do what the F you say that you're going to do. Not any less and not necessarily any more. And if you can't accomplish that uh, feat... <laughs> 
If you can't accomplish that task that you made clear that you were going to accomplish, then let somebody know why. I can't stand it anymore. Dealing with business owners that just fucking disappear. If I have a date on my calendar, one of these little squares here on my dry erase calendar that's right next to what I'm, I'm looking at it right now. If I have your name and a time on that square, that is money to me. If you do not honor that little square on my dry erase board calendar and you nothing ends up happening on that day because I can't book anything now because you had that date and you shit on it, then guess what? You wasted my time, you wasted my money, you're wasting minutes of my life, and fuck you for that. Tired of that shit. And I'm sure that's how James Proby looked at me as <laughs> well. God, I feel so damn bad about that. I really do. And uh, first step in making up to it. Next, next week, I'm going to do a local Colorado Springs product placement. It's going to be the Men's Exchange Suit Store. As a matter of fact, I might even interview them or something. I'm going to get them on here, and uh, that's my first step. And then we're going to do the damn men's exchange show for the Colorado Springs channel. And then uh, I'll give them a documentary as well. I don't care. i got to make it up to the guy. I like him too much. He's too good of a person. Did him wrong. But for every time I've done him wrong, I've had 50 local businesses waste my damn time. You could say what you want about me. You can straight up say, Brandon, I don't want to work with you. I don't know why you would say that. I'm a very nice guy and I'm very talented at what I do, but you're more than welcome to just cancel and say, look, it's not for me. I'm done. Or just say no. How about that? You could say, uh, no, it's not for me. That's fine. I can accept the word. No, I'm a big boy. But when you say yes and you get me excited about something and you waste my brain time, and then you just disappear or you're impossible to get a hold of for months and weeks and years, then you're a dick. You're an asshole. You're not a business person. You're just somebody who happens to be in a situation that you can, you've just been in a situation where you're running a business. So I guess you're a business person, but you're a shitty business person. And shitty business people, I'm going to chain you all right now. Get ready. I'm going to chain you all up by your ankles, hang you upside down in the dungeon of douche, which is this segment. And uh, you're going to spend a lot of time there reflecting on how shitty you are and reflecting how you wasted my time and how you are just, um, you're just going to have to deal with the rat infested, slimy, disgusting, dirty uh, dungeon of douche. So I want you to think long and hard about it. And the next time you shit on my time, um, you'll think about your time in the dungeon of douche. Welcome to the Hall of Respect. These people are awesome. I love them. Okay, on the flip side of the Dungeon of Douche is the Hall of Respect here on the Brandon Bishop Podcast with me, Brandon Bishop. And I uh, thank you all for listening very much. I know we're getting into an hour long here, so I'm going to keep this one extremely, extremely quick. We all know that the Amazon is burning. Uh, is it as bad as the media uh, reflects? I don't know. I'm not there, and neither are you. But uh, even if one tree burns down, that's uh, you know pretty severe stuff, so... Uh, I think a lot of it's overhyped, unfortunately, and I'm all for, you know, the planets. I'm that guy. I'm the hippie guy that's not a hippie, but I'm, uh, you know, all about saving this nice little blue rock that we have and we all reside on. Uh, but I know that the Amazon usually uses everything that it produces as far as oxygen and all that stuff. 
So it's not really affecting the rest of the world. It's not 20% of the air on earth. It's not the lungs of the earth. Whatever the Amazon produces, most of it gets used by the Amazon. So don't go crazy on the fear mongering on that stuff, but still it needs to be not on fire. Uh, one guy who's doing uh, as much as he can for it um, is one of my heroes. I know a few weeks ago I put Roger Waters in the Hall of Respect for all his work with a uh, humanitarian aid and all. Just look it up; he does a ton of thing, a ton of things. David Gilmore is this week's Hall of Respect. He's the other main guy in Pink Floyd. Uh, another idol of mine, best voice, best guitar player on the earth. Um, he's selling his like vintage popular guitars, the ones that he recorded with, the ones that he toured with through all those years in Pink Floyd uh, and donating millions and millions and millions to, uh, I believe, uh, Amazon Restoration, amongst other causes. So uh, for that, and I'm going to keep this real simple, for that, uh, God, I love David Gilmore. He is just everything that an idol is just, uh, he's he's a god. He's a god to me. I don't particularly believe in all the uh, mythical gods, you know, Zeus and all those other ones. But uh, to me, David Gilmore is a living, breathing God and not just for his talents, but for uh, what he's doing with that. He's getting rid of stuff. I mean, it kind of makes me a little scared because I know he's in his, what, mid seventies at this point And he doesn't have, you know, 40 years left, to, but he's still touring, still making music. And um, don't get rid of all the guitars. Okay, David, because uh, we still need you to play some of them. But welcome to the Hall of Respect, David Gilmore. Now it's time for the happy ending. Okay, baby, it's the happy ending. I've oiled you down. I've rubbed you from uh, from your from your temples to your to your toes. And uh, what else is there to do? We're we're just alone here in this little massage parlor room. We got the curtain up, doors locked. It's time for the happy ending, baby. Let me tell you about some things I got going on. Asai TV and Asai Paranormal. I've heard there's a couple issues with signing in, like registering. There's some people that can't register and they can't give us their money. I don't... I, I've been on the phone with the, the people that make the site, you know, the hosts, all for hours today. Uh, there was no problems. I tried signing up myself. There's no problems. I've had other people try to sign up. No problems. So I guess it's an operational error on your end. Uh, we're going to keep looking into it, but I we looked into it as much as we can, and there's no issues on our end. So if you want to go to asytv.com, that's the main network, get a side TV, hundreds of hours of all original commercial-free entertainment, truly something for everybody. You've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, you've got Amazon Prime. Now give us a try. It's only $2.99 a month. Uh, yeah, you're going to love it. And then there's Asai Paranormal if you like the creepy, spooky, uh, uh, scary stuff. The eerie stuff. The ghosts and the aliens and the, the stories. and It's a hub for all things paranormal. The groups, the haunted locations, the ghost stories. There's all kinds of fun stuff on there. There's podcasts. All kinds of fun stuff. Also $2.99 a month. Go to asyparanormal.com. Asyparanormal.com. Also Asai TV. If you're in the Colorado Springs area, check out springschannel.com. It's not officially launched yet, but it's growing. It's growing. And then, um, like I said, my kids' books on Amazon, Billy Fred Whopper Goggles. Go to Amazon. Buy Billy Fred Whopper Goggles if you got a kid or if you just like fun books. 
Uh, lots of deep messages and stuff in there. My band One Eyed Buffalo has their last album available on iTunes. Last room on the right, go to iTunes. Look up One-Eyed Buffalo. It's a Korean tractor that we named the band after, not my enormous penis. And it's um, Last Room on the Right. There's like 13 songs in there. Um, Dave's not with us anymore, but we can keep him alive through uh, the music that you know he and I made. So new album coming out pretty soon, as soon as I get the balls to record the vocals. Whole bunch of new material that's just absolutely insanely good, and I'm hoping to do it justice. So... Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Once again, my name is Brandon Bishop. This is the Brandon Bishop Podcast. We'll be back next week. And uh, I got a lot of mail, a lot of, uh, not mail, but, you know, I didn't get letters in the mail, but I got a lot of messages and emails and stuff uh, with questions and comments. And I I think we're going to do a little special um, episode again, like a mailbox episode. So that'll probably be shit maybe even tonight who knows maybe tomorrow i don't know when it's gonna be but it's gonna be out really soon so check it out when it comes out and uh until next time thanks for listening